Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, direct response marketing expert, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by David Schloss. David is an online entrepreneur who began marketing in 2007 from his college apartment. He's helped hundreds of businesses improve their website traffic, customer acquisition, and revenue using social advertising. His business, Convert ROI, enables businesses to succeed by taking complicated social ad plans and seamlessly turning them into easy-to-follow revenue-producing campaigns. He manages over $2.5 million a month in paid advertising via Facebook and Instagram. He's been rated one of the top experts to watch by Forbes, has been featured on Entrepreneur, Business Insider, Huffington Post, and been interviewed everywhere on the topic of social advertising. David, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So how, you got started in your college apartment in 2007. How did that happen? Yeah, so I was a broke college kid like many people. And um, I was really just trying to find a way to do something online so I wouldn't have to get a traditional job. I was never someone who wanted to have a nine to five. I was always looking for ways to be different. And so I went down the rabbit hole of you know basically writing in how to make money online. And that <laughs> took hours of my day. I mean, I'm bad at least, you know, three to four, I was up till probably three or 4am really just researching things and trying to find a way to produce something online. And I sort of first started out building niche websites and doing SEO and running ads. And I was doing a little bit of everything. And naturally I gravitated towards ads and SEO in the very beginning, you know, ranking a website for free and then, you know, getting some money, running some ads, and then sort of arbitraging your way towards making something online. And it all started just because of a Google search that took me down this massive research hole. And, uh, you know, six or eight hours later, I'm starting to build things and produce some money online. So that's amazing because a lot of people would never have searched for it. And then a lot of people who searched for it would never have done anything. Right. Then there's a group of people who would have bought some courses, some products, some eBooks, some infotainment and considered that accomplishment. Mm Mm-hmm. And you not only did all of that, but you actually started implementing literally the same day. So congratulations on that. That's awesome. At what point did you know that you said, hey, I'm on to something here? Yeah, so when I made my first $100, that, that was the... What the, was that sale? Because we never forget our first sale, right? Right. So I built a, a niche site and I had 
Amazon access to start selling some things, but I also had ClickBank, right? So I was selling a mixture of physical and digital product on this site, which I don't remember what the topic was on. And so I sold this one product that was 97 bucks. And then I also had a physical product sale that came in the same day and it came out to roughly about a hundred dollars. And I was ecstatic because all I did was build this site, took me a couple hours, wrote the content myself. And then I just did some SEO things at the time to make it rank. And then I waited. That was it. Cause I read enough blog posts that said, do this. And I just did it. And then I waited. And so this sale came in randomly in the evening. I was doing homework at the time in college and bam, I get a notification that says you have a sale. It's the best so email, the, the one thing. that says cha-ching on it. Yeah, I was freaking out and I'm like, I can't believe this worked. And of course that began the process of me going, what if I do this 10 times? Yeah. 20 times, right? Just the whole, the whole adding and subtracting and multiplying the efforts and all that good stuff. But it got me addicted not to the feeling of hearing the cha-ching or getting the email or any of that. It was the feeling of I built something and it worked. The accomplishment of I actually did this myself. And so I put more attention on that. You know, and during that time frame, that that first year, it was just build as many sites as I can, write as many articles as I can, really just building this this network of stuff in hopes that I would get, you know, 10, 20, 30 sales a day and you know, just doing all the math. Of course, things went in a very different direction, but it at least gave me somewhere to start. That is awesome. So what were you studying at college at the time? And did you stay to finish? So I did get my degree. Congratulations. I started out in the finance world of things. I thought I was going to be a big investment banker on Wall Street. Oh my God, you sound like me. Okay. <laughs> and I was going to just absolutely you know, have the most stressful life of all time Yep. because that was the dream. And instead of going that route, I actually completely messed up my first semester to where I put so much focus on learning the online stuff that it took a toll on the school life. And I messed up my scholarship, everything in one semester like that. Now it was a blessing in disguise, but at the time I freaked out. I'm like, great. My dream is over. They've already kicked me out of the finance school in one semester. Like that must be insane. And I thought, you know what? I'm making progress with something that I literally learned on my own time. That's producing money in my pocket now and has some potential for the future. I didn't know what, And so I said, what's the next best thing that I can do that's still involved in the business world, but obviously it's not going to be in the finance department anymore. So I looked around at the University of Florida. That's where I attended. And I decided to go to the tourism and hospitality side of the college because I lived in Florida at the time. That was the big thing in Florida still is. And I figured if I learned some online marketing and mix it in with the tourism and hospitality side of things. I have the best of both worlds. No one in the school is doing this. So I'm going to, you know, get a job or whatever pretty easily. That was the thought. It never went in that direction. I got the degree in tourism and hospitality, but when I graduated and had that, you know, bachelor's and just looked at it, I still have it on my wall. It's really just a matter of, I finished something. I started with something and I finished something. What I got from college was more of the, of the network, communicating with people, understanding how to convey what it is that I do, like all those things that have to do with people skills. That's what I learned in college. All the stuff that I learned text wise and, you know, going to all the study sessions and all that. I don't use any of that, nothing, but that $40,000 piece of paper was worth it to me because I was able to build a business while in college. That's awesome. 
you know, so let's talk about me. that. When did you, when did you realize you had something enough that you, when you graduated, you said, I'm not going to work for anybody else. I was 21. So it wasn't even before I graduated. It was uh, you know, junior year. I decided to open an agency fully. So even though I had an agency, I was always doing some sort of local marketing for people starting to run ads, doing SEO and ranking people. I didn't have it on paper. So it didn't feel official. I was making money here and there, but not enough to really sustain. Like if I dropped out, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, keep myself afloat. I still would either live at home. So I thought, okay, how do I make this official and really take it serious? I'm going to register it with the state. So I registered the business with the state, built my own website. Like I did everything. I had a partner. I was like, we're going to do this together. We're going to crush it. You know, all these things really just establishing what I considered to be like the first round of culture that I had in the business. And then it just, it felt real. It finally felt real. And those three years previous that I spent learning things and implementing and making side hustle money and all that while still having a full course load at this, at, you know, university of Florida, that's when everything started to hit me. I'm like, okay, I'm actually building something that I can do afterwards. I just got to finish one more year. And as soon as I graduate, I'm just going to do this. Cause that was the thought. I'm like, this is going to all going to click. Everything's going to be perfect. And of course it didn't go that way. You know, I'm, right. a, I'm a seven year overnight success. Like yeah. things didn't work until you're seven. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. So let's fast forward a little bit. So that's awesome. If it's not in a book, it should be because we could talk for hours just on that part. Um, now you're running an agency. You're managing millions of dollars of ad spend a month. Give me the short version of how you went from handful of local clients, perhaps in college to household name. <laughs> At least in our industry. Yeah. You're like, yeah. My, my kids joke that I'm marketing famous. Like I can go to Starbucks and nothing happens. But if I walk into a traffic, a digital marketing event, everybody knows who I am, which I know applies to you too. Yeah. I'm, I'm famous in some circle, right? right. Someone's One. in your circle. One very I'm, narrow yeah. circle. Yeah. So, you know, let's see. Things really started to blossom and get to the point of like managing the millions of dollars and having all these clients. It, like I said, I, I mentioned the whole seven-year uh, overnight success. It literally took me seven years before everything started to work. So I was around 25, 26 years old. Now, there's plenty of people now that when they jump in, it's like a year later, they make a million bucks, right? Because I sort of feel like all the foundational and, and framework stuff that needed to be done for these businesses was sort of done in the seven years that I was involved. Because from 07 to you know, let's just say 2013, 2014, like there weren't marketplaces that you can just jump right in and start selling apparel. There weren't, you know, the JV zoos of the world to launch a product. There was ClickBank, but it was very strict as to who can put their product on there. And at the same time, even they revamped everything. So there weren't as many marketplaces available. Facebook wasn't where, where it's at today, where you can launch a fan page, launch a product and make money the first day, right? None of that stuff was there. All right, listeners, viewers, we're just telling you that's results not typical. Yeah. You're not going to launch your fan page, launch ads, and make money the first day. That's a disclaimer. Right. Results not past performance, not guarantee future success. Keep going. <laughs> exactly. And so none of that was really a part of my picture and my story. And so the transition from local clients who might pay 500 a month, 700 a month, 1000 a month, to people who will pay two, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month in ad management, really took a, it, it sort of transitioned when I decided to go all in with just the paid ad side and not just paid ads on, you know, multiple platforms. I'm talking just Facebook. So when I first started to transition over, 
I was still working on a couple of services all at the same time, ranking videos, ranking sites, and doing uh, Facebook ads and YouTube ads. So I was doing all this stuff at once. And I'm like, someone has to give me a lot of money for one of them. And then I'm going to just focus on one of them. Well, the one that people finally gravitated towards was Facebook, mainly because, yes, the platform was new at the time. There weren't that many people who were advertising on it uh, in a way that was productive or producing any money. And so naturally, it was an easy transition for me because I was already getting results not just for myself but other people. So I went all in with that. And it took a couple of years for me to really establish myself because there were already people on the platform who were charging five to ten grand a month back when targeting options weren't nearly the same as they are today. Fan pages didn't look the way they do. Like the, the traffic was so different. And yes, it was pennies and five cents a click and all that, which you could still get to this day with the right, you know, targeting and creative. But the problem was then tracking wasn't quite where it is today. And all sorts of things were different and it was hard to justify the cost or as I like to say, the investment, right? It's like, yes, give me two grand a month. We're going to turn this into whatever, right? The goal is to get it to a certain number. That's obviously higher than what you're paying, right? What you're putting into the platform. And it was very hard to justify that. So naturally the $500 a month people didn't want to go to $2,000 a month. And so I started losing clients at a higher rate than gaining. So there was this back and forth of, do I just stick to my guns and keep just going and going and going until someone finally says yes. And then more people start to say yes. And that's what I did. And it sucked for a while because my business fell apart twice. Yeah, I've had that. Because I needed to go through it. And now it's very different when I could say, hey, this package is going to be, as an example, uh, 3,500 a month just for me to manage it. That's not even including the budget. That's just for me to look at it and work on it for you. And people don't hesitate. They just go, sure. Where do we send the money? And it's a very different situation now. So when I started to notice that transition was happening much more, you know, with fluidity and people were just okay with it versus second guessing the decision. That's when I knew, okay, I have to go really hard at this now. Like the, the door has now opened. I'm going to go all the way in and just own it. And that's what I've done for the last four or five years is just, just go, 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 go. Not Gary V style of hustle, but hustling to the point where I understand that it's hot now and you got to keep going while it's hot. And so 10 years now running ads on Facebook, five of them have been at a level of productivity that I'm just incredibly astounded by. So that's when things started to click. That is awesome. So talk to me about some of the transformations, about the killer case studies, about the amazing results of businesses you've helped grow. One or two examples. Sure. So, you know, I've been posting case studies on Facebook for almost three years now. And some of the case studies, for example, uh, there's this gentleman that I helped him grow his software company from. It was already doing about a million a year, a million in revenue per year but he had issues with generating customers that would stay on board for longer than let's say three months. Okay. So a churn problem. He had a, he had a churn problem, but I also noticed that with that churn problem was the fact that all of his advertising was just salesy. All of it was to acquire customers. And that was it. There was no education. There was no retargeting to entice people to come back and actually sign up for a trial. Like there was a lot of pieces that were missing. Now, don't get me wrong. A million bucks already in the first year actually did it in about six to seven months. I was like, this is great, man. You're in a really good spot. But he noticed that the churn rate was just so bad that if he didn't advertise for a year, he'd pretty much be back at zero, right? Things were just going 
down. That way, yep. Yeah. So we created a content plan with his ads, you know, something to go out almost every day, every other day, creating a content schedule. And then we worked on retargeting and really just educating people from his ads to then buy something, right? It was like indirect selling. And what we found is that over the first three months of implementing that strategy, he noticed that his churn rate decreased. The amount of people leaving were decreasing by as much as like 30%. And then on top of that, he was adding people paying annual for the whole year. They were paying completely for the year on his platform versus before they were only paying for a couple months. And so he looked at everything after the course of three months. And if everyone stayed on board as an example, he would have already tripled his business. Now, of course, not everyone stays, right. but it's perspective purposes where it's, we brought in enough people in that three month span that even if he stopped, he probably could have at least increased 50%, 75% compared to before That's just off of the first yeah. three months. And he was incredibly shocked. And that same pattern went on for about six months before he had to stop ads because he was growing too fast. And that's, that's a great problem. problem. Yes. Yeah, that's Absolutely. one example. And then, um, and then uh, so that's software. How about a direct-to-consumer e-commerce type of thing? Sure. I'll give you an example from Black Friday of 2018. Awesome. So, so let's just say it's, it's all of November. So I was brought into a company to run their ads. They had someone running their ads for close to a year, and things became stagnant. They were just hovering at the same number, sometimes dipping below that number. And the owners of the company were like, hey, our own distributions are going down. So we're making less now, even though our revenue is going up. So something is completely off here. Dig into the account about two weeks prior to the big Black Friday, Cyber Monday push. Two weeks to figure things out, okay? So they were not spending anywhere near what they needed to spend to acquire the customers they, they wanted. But the store was already converting great. I just noticed there was a disconnect between what the ads were saying and who they're looking to attract. Not to mention audiences weren't built. Like there's all sorts of technical things that were missing. And I found it very shocking because they told me who was running the ads. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of pieces missing here. Like it's almost as if they only check your ads once every week versus working on it almost every day. And surprisingly, that's what was happening. You know, Facebook gives you a nice little log of when work is being done. And you realize they were only looking at it once a week. So it was neglected for quite some time. I jump in there. I create all sorts of different ads. But what we realized was Instagram stories were absolutely crushing it for them. And yet they weren't using it at even, let's say, 75% of their overall budget. They were using it for about 40, 30, 40% of their overall budget. And yet Instagram stories was producing a much higher ROI than everything else they were running. So I just flipped everything on its head. I just said, you know what? Let's go all in with Instagram stories. Forget everything else. Let's just use Instagram stories and let's push this between now, two weeks prior to Black Friday, all the way until the end of November. And let's see what happens. They had the biggest month they ever had, ever, revenue-wise, over half a million in, the first, in that month. They also had a profitability bump. So you know the owners got a nice little distribution at the end of November. My bonus was great. Like everyone in the company got a bonus because their profitability was exponentially higher where it was before. But at the same time, that effort actually carried over into December. And then their profitability in December was even higher than November. So to this day, that campaign is still running. It's producing at uh, 5X ROAS every Mm day. Return on ad spend for those of you watching. Return, yeah, return on ad spend. So imagine for every dollar you put in, five is coming back. 
versus where they were at before, which is for every dollar that went in, they were making $2.10. So that massive bump not only affected them, everyone in the company now benefits. And their brand is more known in a younger demo than before. So there's 18-year-olds buying this product that before they couldn't get an 18-year-old to buy the product at all. And they know that this demo wants wireless accessories and they want things that are solar powered and all this stuff and they couldn't sell it. And now we figured out where these ads needed to be, Instagram stories, in order for that demo to want to buy. And so we, we cracked that code in a two-week span so that we were able to really jump into that Black Friday, Cyber Monday push. And they made you know, the majority of their money during that five to six day push. And so wow. that's just a recent example. That is an awesome example. And I know you've got a lot of others, but we don't have enough time to talk about seven to 10 years of them. Yeah. Um, so we greatly appreciate you joining us today. For our folks who are listening or watching and want to learn more about you and Convert ROI, where is the best place for us to send them? So you can go to convertroi.com, right? That gives you a little breakdown around what it is that I do and my agency can do for you, some of the people we've done work for and the services that we offer. You can also find me on Facebook of all places, right? Facebook.com slash David M. Schloss, right? And then that takes you direct to my fan page where I'll be posting more of my case studies and you know all sorts of different analyses from the dozens of accounts that we manage every day. And then if you want to direct, you know, maybe direct some attention to me personally, you know, connect with me on a more personal level, you can follow my personal profile, facebook.com slash S C H L O S S Y. Cause everyone calls me Schlossy. So that's where you can reach me there. Awesome, David. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate your time. You got it. Thank you. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>